All right, we're going to do a little snackable mini version of Canadian Pinball Podcast because we were cut off yesterday when Brenda had to take the computer. Uh, I want to say this. First of all, guys, get me your questions for Jerry for P3 Multimorphic at CanadaPinball at gmail.com, all right? We still have time to do it. I was going to talk to Jerry tonight, but I actually have to go to a work happy hour, so I might move it back a day or two, so I let Jerry know that, so we're still going to get that up, so don't worry about that. It's going to happen. Um, but a couple things have happened, even in the past 24 hours that I want to address on this edition of Canada's Pinball Podcast. First and foremost, we finally got to see the um, the Iron Maiden LE and premium and pro artwork now once and for all the premium was revealed all right it's out in the world we're going to talk about that i also want to talk about pirates of the caribbean uh there was a new live stream by jersey jack pinball i want to give my thoughts on that um and those are the two things we're mainly going to cover on this episode it's going to be a short little episode i got to get to work but i really wanted to sort of talk about these two things in in isolation because i think they are both uh important things that are happening in the pinball world and i think these are interesting topics to discuss so let's talk about iron maiden premium artwork package first because i know we've been waiting for this for a long time i know i've been saying that stern's been stalling i know i've been speculating that the art was approved I don't know who to believe. I really don't. I really, really don't. You know, some days I hear the arts approved. Some days I hear uh, Iron Maiden in the band was still approving this artwork up until yesterday. Who cares, right? It's out. You see it. The main thing we've been talking about is if you were an LE buyer and you were going in on a $9,000 pinball machine, you just didn't have all the information you wanted to make the decision uh, whether you should stick with the LE or maybe save some money and go with the premium, or maybe even go with the pro, right? Now, we know that for most people who are going to buy a premium, it is up in the air of whether or not they want to get a premium or a limited edition. Those are the two games that people usually are considering. Now, the LE sold out. So a lot of guys who you know maybe were waiting to see the premium who wanted an LE, most of those guys didn't have a chance to get one because the LEs were spoken for. But I think what this affected the most was the potential um, downgrade of people who were in on an LE and would have been happy with the premium, but they just never saw it. So they just stuck with their LE order. Now, I have to say this. I have to say this. I've been reading Pinside. I've been reading people's feedback about the premium artwork. I'm going to summarize what, what people have said. Uh, first and foremost, you know, a lot of people are like, well, first of all, I think most people are like, it's, it's fucking gorgeous. And I do agree. I think it looks phenomenal. Um, some people said, uh, you know, it looks like Indiana Jones. Some people are making fun of the fact that he's busting through the Iron Maiden so you can't see the full name. It's like a Roydian, you know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When I look at all three art packages next to each other, I want to I want to look at this from more of a macro view. First and foremost, I want to say thank you Jeremy Packer, thank you Zombie Yeti, you're the same person. Thank you Stern Pinball for putting what I believe to be three of the most awesome and unique art packages together. I mean, these games all look different, right? Remember when Zombie Yeti did Ghostbusters? How the Pro and Premium looked like there was absolutely no difference between them. In fact, the Pro, I think, actually looked even more uh, more interesting. And then Slimer was radically different. What I love about these three different art packages, they all look radically different, and they're all Iron Maiden, and they're all 
awesome. You know, I love that people are saying which ones they like, which ones they don't like. You, all of you out there who love pinball would happily have accepted any of these as the LE package on any Stern machine over the last 20 years. And now we're nitpicking between which one we think deserved to be the LE and whatnot. All right. So I just want to say on that macro level, well, well, well done. Well done, Stern. All of them are great. I don't think anyone would be ashamed to own either one. Which one do I like the best? Which one do I think fits the game the best? Which one do I think is the best package? Um, you know, I have to say that when I look at the game and I look at the play field and I look at the Egyptian theme happening all over the play field, it's hard for me not to say that the premium comes across looking the most cohesive and well done. I have to say, I think the premium is the one I would want to own. I just don't feel that that like fighter plane, World War II Spitfire plane on the side of the LE, you know, the red and the green. I feel like none of that art style carries over onto the play field and, and into the game that you're looking at, right? Not nearly as much as the Egyptian power slave theme. Um, what I would do, I would get a premium. I would brass plate the armor on it. I think it would look incredible. And I would call it a day. I know people are like, well, you could change the yellow uh, back box trim to black. It would look better. Yeah, probably. That's an easy change. I would never complain about something as silly as that. Um, and I also think with, with I would put gold mirror blades inside it. I think that would make it pop. Or there's going to be some nice probably Egyptian uh, inner art blades that Stern will release. But here's the thing too. Stern is also going to release an Egyptian-themed Power Slave uh, topper for the game. So I think the premium, if you think about all things considered, I would get a premium and dress it up. I don't, I, 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 I but look, if you have an LE, nobody with an LE is going to be unhappy. It also looks incredible. And same with the pro. This game's a home run. This game's a home run. People might be looking for things to nitpick and bitch about, uh, but I don't see any. Now, the thing I like too about the premium being so goddamn awesome is there is no urgency to have to buy it now. Like you can have this amazing pin for years to come. And I think that's great. Personally, I would wait for Stern to release or for, for the company in Germany to release the Playfield Protector to put into my Iron Maiden Premium before I would send it off to like Pinball Refinery to have it all done up just the way I would like it. And you can do all that for less money than an LE, right? So here's what's funny too is, so I bought an Iron Maiden for $9,000. I then sell it for $12,000. I can then go buy a premium Iron Maiden for what will cost me roughly $4,000. So that, that's just crazy. So someone who spent $12,000 on an LE is basically playing the same exact game as me that I will be playing now for $4,000. $8,000 difference. I could go get a whole nother game for for that price, right? And so that's the that's pinball, guys. I would just get on lists early and not have to ever, ever pay the piper because you get locked out. All right. Now, the thing I want to talk about in this podcast, again, this is not going to be a long podcast, is Pirates of the Caribbean stream. And I saw it last night. I saw Eric. I saw Keith. I saw the, the couple other gentlemen who worked on the game. They put up a stream of Pirates of the Caribbean. And I watched it. I watched it for a half hour, maybe even a little bit longer. And I want to just say this. Um, I love, I love Jersey Jack pinball. 
I love what Jack is doing. I love that he is upping the bar or raising the bar and trying to put as much as he can into pinball. I love that he's trying to make the world's modern version of Bally Williams. All right, I think that that is commendable. I think when you look at his games next to Stern, there's absolutely no comparison as to who's building the higher quality machines. All right, there's not without a doubt. I'm not arguing here about fun factor and themes and all that. I'm arguing about just the physical thing that's in front of you, right? The materials, the engineering, like, you know, the, 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 the solidness of the games, all that stuff. I just feel that Jersey Jack is, an, is a level above, which is why when I watched the stream last night, I can't help but just get frustrated with how they drive these games forward. And I want to explain why I think Pirates of the Caribbean to me is just shaping up to be a little bit of a, a head scratcher. Maybe it's, I'm calling it Pirates of the Confusing or Pirates of the Complex. But when they do a live stream and they explain to me what this game is about, it literally is, or how to play the game, right? When they go over how to play the game, it just feels like this five-minute, long-winded, laborious way to explain to me what's going on in Pirates of the Caribbean. And maybe it's just the way they're explaining it. Maybe it's the way they're articulating the rule sets and everything. But I really just don't understand why it's so complex. I really don't understand um, why there's so much that I have to know to immediately jump in and plunge, all right? But that's not the big thing that has me just worried and has me sort of sad that they missed the mark on this theme. Here's the thing, and I was talking to a friend about it last night, and he said it perfectly. He said, you know what the, you know what the issue is? They just have to do the best with what they got. And I agree with that. And I think they have done the best with what they got. But I think what they got and what they got handed and the assignment that was put in front of them. To me, it feels like this. It feels like a kid who has a homework assignment, who has to read a book he doesn't really want to read. Now, that kid is very talented. He's a good writer. He can put a good book report together. But I feel like that kid was asked to go read a book. He was go asked to write a report. And he was asked to get up in front of the class and read his report on the book that he didn't really want to read in the first place. And that's the kind of feeling I get when I watch the live stream of the Jersey Jack team walking me through Pirates of the Caribbean. That they're explaining to me like a game, but I just don't feel this passion or enthusiasm or just like over the moon sort of uh, emotion and elation coming from them. Like, oh my God, okay, here we are. We're going to show you guys Pirates of the Caribbean. It's going to ship in about a month or two, and we want to show you how awesome it is. Here's the storyline. Like, you're a pirate, and you're on, you're on a mission to like do X, Y, and Z. You've seen the movies, and here's how you play. It's real simple, and oh my God, ready? Here we go. No, it's like, here... You move, here's how you start a mode. Here's how you hit a multiplier. Here are the three skill shots. Now, if you go around the orb, it's like, oh my fucking God. Oh my God, right? I, I can't, I can't. Um, but, but here's the thing that I think is just ultimately missing. And this is the problem I have. You're making a pinball machine based on Pirates of the Caribbean. We've all seen the movies. And if there's one thing, 
if there's one thing that needs to come through in a Pirates of the Caribbean pinball experience, it is humor, sense of humor. Pirates of the Caribbean is a pirate story about a drunken, whimsical pirate who's dressed like Keith Richards, who stumbles around in this world, who thinks he's more famous than he is, but then serendipitously during his drunken adventures, he finds himself on all of these amazing journeys in which he actually lives up to his own ego and narcissism about himself. Wow, that sounds like the story of Canada. Um, but you know what I'm saying? That's Pirates of the Caribbean. And it takes place, you know, as we follow Johnny Depp, the protagonist, who's really not really interested in having to do all these important things. He really just wants to get the girl and get his rum. And that is really... The mission of Pirates of the Caribbean is for Jack Sparrow to get the girl, get his rum, and make a name for himself. And when I watch Pirates of the Caribbean, the pinball machine, I don't feel any of that. Like any of that. There's no jokes, oh, but you have heard of me. Like there's none of that. There's absolutely no sense of humor jokes, laughter, and none of the visuals that are funny from the movie. You know, Johnny Depp with his little prima donna dance walk, nothing. There's absolutely nothing here that reminds me of why we love that movie franchise. So it begs the question, why make it? I'm not going to, you know, they did it. it. They did it. So the game itself now, when I watch it, it's almost like this serious earnest way of, of bringing to life the objectives by which Johnny Depp had to accomplish in those movies with, by, but stripping all of the sense of humor that like define those movies at the same time. And, and that's what we have. We're going to have another you know, so-called great pinball experience, but the theme integration, I'm just not feeling it there. And so that's sort of like what, I, what I'm getting at when I, when I see these streams. And so if I have any advice for them as they continue to code this game, I think they need to code in a lot more humor, a lot more jokes. There needs to be something. You know, and I'm watching the screen. I'm, Jack's got this big screen, this big piece of real estate, and it's just like this static map. And it's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's very cool. Things are happening, this and that. But man, if I put Pirates of the Caribbean next to Batman 66, a show that was campy, that was funny, that was humorous, within two minutes, you're going to see all these fun Batman clips that are going to make you laugh. There's so much sense of humor. There's so much of that Batman like whimsical nature in the game immediately that hits you. And if I had to tell you how to play the game, I said, hey, look, you're Batman and Robin, and you need to jail all the villains. And here's how you do it. You hit these four shots, hit them twice, it starts a mode, and, and then you're, you're battling them, and you hit the blinking shots, and they're in jail when you're finished. It's so simple. There's absolutely no need to have this like complex, over-the-top way to describe the game. And that's it. And so now the climate is, is like... Well, when are we going to get Willy Wonka? Like, I'll play it. I'm sure, I'm sure the game is going to be a good pinball experience. But that's my takeaway. If you can't make a pinball experience based on a movie 
that is defined by personality and sense of humor and then have a game that's all about pinball scoring and the earnest objectives of that pirate. Am I wrong? Please tell me I'm wrong. Email me at canadapinball at gmail.com and say, Chris, you're absolutely wrong. I don't agree with anything you just said about the game. But I think the more I see this game and, and, and the more the wind is, is being taken out of the sails. And I think they need to code some more humor in. And I think they've got too many people looking at it from a pinball angle and not enough from a personality angle. Like, does this game have the personality that matches the movie? And how can you even do that without Johnny Depp, who is the personality thread throughout every film? I'm sorry, but they never should have inked the deal. And you know what I heard? The only reason why they made Pirates of the Caribbean is because their billionaire investor liked the title. But when they saw what they could use, how did they not say, no, like we can't do this? And here's the reason why I think they're rushing Willy Wonka in front of Toy Story is they do have all of the licensing rights for Willy Wonka. They do have the actors, the clips from the movie, the call-outs, all that stuff will be in Willy Wonka. That is why Jack is pushing Willy Wonka in front of Toy Story, which they also are probably going to have a licensing nightmare with. And I just think Jack needs to learn the lesson that unless you can get enough assets to make the game the right way, it's not worth making at all. And I don't want to spend eight to 10000 to $12,500 on something that feels like the team did the best they could with what they had, right? I want it to be like Batman, Iron Maiden, right? I want it to be the best game possible, and they had everything they needed to make it that way, all right? That's what makes a pinball game great. But even beyond that, that's what makes a creative team working on a project excited. They don't want their hands tied. Look how, look how not excited Steve Ritchie is to talk about Star Wars. Like they, Stern was not excited about Star Wars at all because the license tied their hands behind their back so much that by the time the game came out, you could tell when they talk about Star Wars how unenthusiastic they are about it because they knew everything they wanted to do, they couldn't do, and this was the best they could do. I'm sort of feeling the same kind of feeling when I look at Pirates of the Caribbean, all right? All right. Now, there's no update from Dutch Pinball. People are dreaming. People are starting to have imaginary dreams about a Dutch update in which the game is shipping. I want to run something by you guys that I, I, I thought could have been interesting. Just imagine this scenario. What, what if Jersey Jack had gone to Barry and Yop and said, hey, you've already designed the Big Lebowski. I need a new game on the line in between like uh, Dialed In and, and, and maybe Pirates of the Caribbean. How about we make the Big Lebowski? We'll make 500 of them at Jersey Jack Pinball. We'll charge 10000 or $12,000 each. We'll call it a limited run. You've already R&D'd the whole thing. It's just about ordering the parts and getting it on our line. We have a line. We can build it faster than anyone else. Um, how about Jersey Jack Pinball manufactures the Big Lebowski? How awesome would that have been? All right, everyone, win-win for everybody. That would have been great. It's almost like Jersey Jack pulling 
a a spooky pinball TNA move. Because remember, like Jersey Jack also could have made Total Nuclear Annihilation. They also could have made um, Keith Elwin's game. And I do love Jersey Jack pinball, but I just think this model of 18 months to wait to get to something that's just, just doesn't, I just, I'm done. I'm done. Look, I think Wonka hopefully is the watershed moment. Um, I thought it would be Toy Story, but now we have to wait. I'm tired of waiting. I don't want to do this podcast for another year waiting for the next Jersey Jack title. Um, That's where we're at. All right. I want to end this podcast because then I got to go. I want to end this podcast on a little bit of like a serious note. And something happened and I want to just clarify that, look, we jab at each other in pinball. I make fun of certain people in the hobby. I, you know, I, I call out certain individuals like Iceman and Rare Hero, you know, KPG and Hilton. And, and I say things at times that are, are meant, are meant to make fun of the way the different personalities in this hobby behave, right? Now, there is a line. There is a line that I would never cross. There is a line that you should never cross when it comes to making fun of people in the, in the pinball hobby, right? And so, you know, look, I, I probably went a little over that line when I made a little fake Facebook page making fun of Hilton, right? And I realized that, all right? Took it down, stupid. You guys probably, maybe you guys got a friend request from a Hilton McDingle. And it was funny. I I created this um, alternate Facebook page for him where all he was doing was praising Stern Games, which is a thing he never does. Um, All in pinball good fun. All in the humor of of taking a pinball jab at someone in in a non-bullying and offensive way, right? Now, some moron out there apparently according to Hilton, decided to call his coworkers or try to contact people he works with to, to either get him fired or say slanderous things about him. And I just want to say for the record and to all you who listen to this show, if you ever, if you ever go beyond pinball and pinball, you know, the, the kinds of pinball jabbing and joking we do with each other, If you ever take it to the level where you are personally trying to either physically harm someone or mess with their livelihood or mess with their family or their careers, you know, or put up their cell phone or their addresses, if you ever cross that line, I think you should be ashamed of yourselves. I think it's pathetic. I think it's wimpy. And I think there's no room for that in this hobby. I mean, I was someone who was also you know, I had someone come after me and try to contact my boss instead of coming to me and talking to me man to man about something that I said. And also the reason why he did that is he was acting on a rumor that someone told him. Like someone told Orc a rumor of something I did and that's what led him to send an email to the president of my company. Right? It's fucked up. Like I forget, you know, I look, it's over. My boss laughed it off. But when you cross that line, it's fucked up. And I want everyone out there to just realize we do this for entertainment. We do this for fun. We make Hilton hoodies because it's a, it gives us a laugh. But I think, you know, maybe we've even taken that too far at times and at his expense. Um, so hopefully, you know, he'll, he'll adjust some of his behavior on the forums and not be so crazy about things. And we can do the same here because this is not meant to turn into like a serious feud or war. And no one out there 
should get inspired by this show to actually go bully him or do something that's going to try and harm his livelihood, his family, and, and his career. I think that's absolute nonsense. I even called him up to tell him that I did not do that, that I'd take that shit seriously, and this is pinball. I always want people to wake up and have fun in this hobby, not, not, not be like anxious or fearful that something bad is going to happen because they're love of the goddamn silver ball, all right? Behave, everybody. And this podcast will continue, and you can continue to enjoy it, and we can all have fun with pinball without going too far, all right? All right, everyone. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Hey!